right, James chapter 5, verse 19. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, comma, and we're going to stop today. I'm totally joking. There was a bet whether I was going to finish James today or not, because we've been in it for a while. We're actually going to finish today, okay? Uh, Brings him back, comma, verse 20, let him know. That whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover over a multitude of sins. This closes out the book of James. And here we say a lot of times that we hold the Bible in high regard and and we're going to study it. We're going to get into it. We're going to do expository teaching. We're going to look verse by verse and go through it. And, and hopefully God will expose the truth to us as, as to what he's saying in Scripture. And so we say that often. We hold Scripture in high regard. But I don't want to say that so much that it's at the expense of. We also hold in unison the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit moving in your life and teaching in your life and enlightening you into things that you might not even understand in Scripture. And so today my prayer is that in each of us, the Holy Spirit would reveal deep truth to us. Personalized truth to each and every one of us. Why? Well, look at the book of James. James, he lives a life of passion. He's pointing to Jesus through these last five chapters that we've studied. And he's teaching about the Holy Spirit. He's teaching about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We are his disciples and we are called to do the same. Imagine if James just sat on the sideline and decided, you know what, I'm not going to write the book of James. What would we have done the last few months here at Church Project? <laughs> we wouldn't have even been able to go through it. But we see James coming alive in a personal relationship with Christ and focusing on that and through that looking at the church and saying, I am one of the disciples of Jesus and I, I want to, with my gifts, teach us how we can do the same. And so here we have the book of James. It's a letter that James, a disciple, a lover of God, that has been transformed by God, wrote to the church. That's what James is. So, what letter would you write to Church Project, disciples of God? What letter would you write? What would you put in it? What contents would it be to it? Like, if you really know, if you're part of Church Project and you've been moving with us for a little bit and you have your your hand on kind of the pulse of where we're at, what we're good at and what we stink at and what we where we can grow and how we're focused on Christ and doing awesome stuff, but also how we're missing the boat. Like, what letter would you write to Church Project? In fact, how would your letter highlight Jesus? As we see James' letter and he's writing how it highlights Jesus in that relationship over and over and over again, how would your letter highlight and point to Jesus? Why don't we do this? It'll be pretty cool. So, Aaron at cpgreeley.org. You can go ahead and write it down. You can find it on the website as well. For a few of you, I hope you take the challenge. Write a letter to Church Project. What would your James be? You know, just call it David. David, the book of David. Uh, that's kind of heretical. We won't do that. But write, write your letter. Write your letter. Send it, to my, send it to my email. I would love to hear what you would say. And even if you don't, even if you're just thinking about this exercise, what would your letter be to our church? And how would your letter highlight and point to the person of Jesus Christ and the relationship? I'm so thankful for James and how he's done this. We each carry something unique that is really 
our destiny, what, what God has called us to, our identity, our, our calling. Each and every one of us are gifted and God is pursuing us. And the question would be, how in your gifting are you releasing heaven to earth? How in your design and your makeup, your flaws, your awesomeness, how in all of that are you releasing heaven to earth? How through your actions and everything you do are you pointing to the love of Jesus Christ? How are you leading our church in this area? One of my favorite verses that I talk about a lot is uh, Ephesians 4. 12 and it says equip the saints for the work of the ministry and you hear me talk about that a lot is one of my job titles here to equip the saints for the work of ministry and it's found in Ephesians 4 12 and it's what I've been preaching for for five years and there's what we've been talking about for five years and the question is how are we each doing that in this ministry how are we moving and encouraging each other in this ministry even of church projects See, independence is worshipped, especially in America. Independence is worshipped. Jesus lived in community, and James speaks of this community, and James speaks of this dependence on each other. And I say, church, let's move together as each one of us writes our own letter of what church is to each other, and we encourage each other, and we spur each other on to love and good deeds. And we're in this, in a dependent relationship as we all point each other to Jesus Christ. When we get to know Jesus... Our lives slowly turn from destruction and pain to building celebration and heritage in our life. And church, I love being in this with you. I love this relationship that God has given each and every one of us. And I love what God is doing with us as a body as we move together. Now, I want to look at these verses that that we just read. Look at verse 19. My brothers... If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, and we'll pause right there for a a minute. How lucky, or if we're going to use Christian language, how blessed, okay? How lucky or blessed would we be to have someone in our life that would bring us back? Who would love us and care for us, care for us so deeply and be so intentional that they loved us and they were in our lives so much that they would bring us back. How lucky would we be to have people in our life like that? I remember growing up in Ordway, Colorado. I love Ordway, Colorado. Great place. Anyone ever been there? I talk about it a lot. It's a good place. Half of us are from there, so (laughs) Ordway, Colorado the, the the ranchers had permission to correct me. I, mean, I, I moved there in third grade, little tiny guy. Ranchers, you know, you're tough, tough dudes. You don't mess with them. I don't care if they're 98 years old. You don't mess with a rancher. Like they're they're tough boys. But, but the ranchers had permission to correct me. Many times I, I thought I got away with something only to have my dad come up to me and say he had an interesting conversation with someone that day. We've kind of lost that as society, and I, you know, greedily, that's kind of hard. We don't run into people all the time, but that small town, like, we had many people that would speak into me and my life and each other and 
You know, sometimes I was thankful for it. Sometimes that was the worst thing ever. I was ready to move to Denver, right? As we look at James, I'm, I want to remind you, James chapter 1, verse 16, and think back on this. It's been a while since we've been there. But James chapter 1, verse 16 says, so don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. And he begins to write this letter and says, I'm writing it so you, we won't be deceived, brothers and sisters. Praying for one another leads to physical and spiritual healing. And I want to reference that healing part last week. Remember chapter 5, verse 16 talks about being a healer, a healer with our words and what we do. And so James is writing and he's saying, don't be deceived. And as we pray for each other, it leads to our physical and our spiritual healing. And what a cool thing to have the opportunity to step in to someone's life and be a healer. To bring someone back. Look at our text. My brothers, sisters, if anyone among you is wandering from the truth and someone brings him back, oh, how blessed are you to have people in your life that love you so much to bring you back. But how awesome is it to be on the end where you're in a relationship, a love relationship, where you can help bring someone back. Care just as much for a brother's soul as we do for their body. Any of you ride bikes? Road bikes, mountain bikes? Okay, there you go, Hannah. All right. We've got some mountain bikers, right? Road bikers out here. On a biking trail, if you ever pass someone up that's on the side and they're fixing their bike, shame on you. Like, if you come across someone, well, if you're in a race, forget it. They're on their own. But <laughs> if, you're, if you're out riding and you come across someone changing a tire, you're not going to pass. You're going to stop. You're going to say, hey, are you Okay. Do you have all the tools that you need? Is there anything I can help you with to get back on the road, to keep riding your bike? Is there anything you need? You check on that person. Or let's change it to another bike, a little more exciting bike, Harleys. Okay, I learned this. Once a year, I rent a Harley. And when I rent a Harley, I go out and I look awesome. I look like a a bad dude. And so one of the things you do when you ride the Harleys is you don't do this to the crotch rocket guys. Uh Uh-uh. But on the Harley guys, when you ride by, you know, you spit, and then you do this. Hey, what's up? What's up? You know, and you kind of do one of those on the handlebar, and the other guy does that as well. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe that's a rental guy thing. I don't know. But you kind of do that. I do know Jeeps, though, because once I, I, I had a Jeep that I rode for a month. I rode in this Jeep, and every Jeep person that would come by, same thing on the steering wheel. Hey, what's up? You know, you know is, that, is that true? No, it's not. Yes, it's true. Like you're, you're in the same company and you, kinda, you, kinda do, you have something in, in common. Bringing someone back. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and brings him back, says you care just not only for their body, for their body's sake and how they're doing and having something in common, but you care for their soul. Like you care at the deepest level. Bringing someone back, it says, I see you. I see you. I can relate to you. You're not alone. I care enough. I'm in your life. I love you enough. Bringing someone back, it says, I love you enough to speak truth in love. It's saying, I care enough to not just sit idly by and do and say nothing. When I see destructive patterns, 
when I see things in your life that don't align to Scripture and the love message that God's given us. It's being sensitive enough to know what and when to do and to say. It's not judging. It's not condemning. It's not hurting. In fact, it's the opposite. It's, it's heritage building. It's strength giving and life building. When we're in this relationship. And we have the opportunity to help bring a brother or a sister back. It's prayerfully seeking glory and healing for the other person. It's being intentional about our prayers. It's looking out for them. It's releasing the other person into freedom. It's about being a safe place. It's about healing and loving. I got more, don't worry. It's coming. It's about drawing others closer to God and not pushing them away. Even if they've wronged you, it's not about pushing them away. It's about drawing them closer with your words and your actions to God. It's about raising the bar of what should be and what can be in our life. It's about living the life God brilliantly created each and every one of us to live. It's about loving so intensely that shame and, def- and, and fear are defeated. It's about watching God come alive in the life of that individual. I've had the honor, <laughs> that's my sarcastic fingers. I've had the honor of stepping into situations to boldly speak truth. As a pastor, as a brother, as a friend. I've had the honor of stepping into situations to boldly speak truth. And in the short term, this very much stinks. But in the long term, it's a gift that just keeps on giving. Over and over again, as you see this person, that that God was able to somehow even use your words and actions, bring them back. And you see a life completely changed, and you, you see things completely changed in the short term. It's an honor, and it stinks. But in the long term, it's a gift that keeps giving back and back and back. I can think of many specific examples, and this one is just a a vague one, but I could put names to this one, so I'm going to keep it vague, okay? And it was a turning point in a marriage. Here. A turning point in a marriage, and literally, um, this was what was going to happen. This individual had to choose whether they were going to go home that night or not. The marriage was at that point. And I was thrust into this honorable situation where I could speak truth and and love and try to encourage and and speak God's word over this situation. And that night was literally that night this individual had to choose whether they were going to go home to their spouse or not. Now, can I give you the PG version? (laughs) I've been walking with this person for a while and loving and open scripture 
And finally, when it came down to the let's go time, this is the PG version, okay? I said, you know what stinks? And I, and I looked at this person. And I said, I'm going to go home and have incredible special hugs <laughs> with my wife tonight. And you're trying to decide whether you're even going home. After you get past the shock of that story. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, really? You're trying to decide whether you're even going home tonight. That's a low bar, bro. Low bar. We're going to raise this bar up a little bit. We're going to ask how you're, you're honoring your wife, this situation. What's going on? I'm not going to be the one that just stands idly by and says, bye-bye, have fun. Good luck choosing. Now, in the short term, it sure stinks. But man, the long term, the payoff is awesome and awesome and awesome and awesome. I don't know that <laughs> my approach was necessarily the best in counseling that person. I know it needed to be said, though, and I know in that moment it needed to be said. I knew something drastic needed to happen, and God used it to drive home reality to this person, and I praise God that this marriage is healed. The honor to be able to bring someone back. Wow. The only way we're able to do that is when we remember how far God has brought us back from. How he continually, just with his grace and his love, forgives us over and over and over again. He says, child, I love you. Go home to your wife. I lovingly tell you to stop doing this because this life is going to lead to destruction. But I'm here, I'm patiently loving you. And God speaks that over our life. Over and over again, I love his grace. I don't deserve his love, but he's thrust it upon me. And I say, thank you, God. Amen. I have allergies too, Jared. 19, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let's go into verse 20. Let him know that whoever brings him back, uh, brings back a sinner from his wanderings will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So we talk about bringing them back, which means to turn him back. It turns him back. And I'm thinking of, of um, a few verses here. So if you want to jot these down, I think they're good to go and look up on your own and study through. But Isaiah 55, 7 is one verse. Listen to this, Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that when I've done wrong, I turn to you, you freely forgive over and over and over, and it doesn't end over and over and over. Thank you, God. I think of Galatians 6, chapter 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. It's a beautiful word. 
but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. There's a wonderful ministry that I couldn't be a part of. It's triplexchurch.org for people dealing with pornography. They go into the darkest and hardest places, and maybe if you're dealing with pornography right now, triplexchurch.org would be a great place to go. I couldn't do that. It would be hard for me to do that. I pray for the men and women that are in this ministry because what are they doing? They're gently bringing people back, loving them, and yet they're not being drawn into that as well. What a hard thing to do, church. Oh, I highlighted this one. This one must be a good verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Wow. Wow. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. You hear this love message that God has given us? Wow. We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Let me give you another one here, and then we'll continue on. Jude, verse 22 and 23. Yes, Jude is a book in the Bible. Jude, verse 22 and 23, says this. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. How cool is that? Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy, mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupt flesh. Our bar is high, people, and God's grace is high. Turning a brother from error results in, if you look at these two verses, results in saving a soul from death. What a high calling, what an awesome thing to do. And what it, the verses and what James is probably talking about is spiritual death because of sin. Helping turn a brother from that is, is probably talking about spiritual death because of sin. Remember James chapter 1 verse 15? You can look back at then. Then, after, and this is what it says, Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And what an opportunity we have to go alongside each other and to encourage each other and pull each other back because we know that the sin patterns in our life lead to death. To boldly and lovingly be in that place as a body. What an honor to be able to do that. I look at the last two verses right here, and James intends these last two verses to be a summary of his reason for writing the whole book of James. Like his beloved brothers, he too tried in his letter to turn wanderers away from the world and back to God. This is James' best attempt. He writes it, and his aim is to turn wanderers back to God. 
And in our life as a disciple of Christ, wherever we go and whatever we do, our aim should be to turn wanderers back to Christ. It should go into the darkest scenarios and turn death into light. It should be so alive in our relationship with Christ that we can't help write about it, talk about it, speak about it, live it. Because we come alive in the morning, the early hours of the morning. We lock our eyes with Jesus Christ. We find our identity in Him. And with that, we move forward as we speak grace and hope and love and purpose and freedom to each other and to the world. This is what James is writing. And I want to end with a prayer that's found in 1 Peter 4, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. So as James wrote this letter, remember he wrote it to the church. Christians. He didn't write it to anyone outside the church. He wrote it to the church. And the whole point of James' writing was to bring